tribal trails, tribal trails. The Son of God, He is near. He chose to walk with us. These tribal trails. Welcome to Tribal Trails. I'm just so glad that you're visiting with us today, and, and uh, we have a special guest for you. And we're very thankful for him coming to share. He's got some wonderful things. And uh, Greg, maybe we could start with uh, where you're from. Well, thank you, Rita. It's a real joy to be with you guys on Tribal Trails uh, today, and appreciate the opportunity to uh, uh, share a little bit with your viewers and uh, you know my my background I grew up on a reservation in northern Minnesota on the Leech Lake Reservation uh, it's a beautiful country and uh, probably about uh, maybe about 220 30 miles south of Winnipeg and uh, we are uh, on that reservation uh, we have a community there made up of about 50 percent native and non-native in our in our community so I kind of grew up in a multicultural uh, environment, even though it was a reservation. I grew up in that reservation, but I, I'm enrolled in another uh, band of Ojibwe uh, Indians, and that is uh, the White Earth Band, and that's in western part of, uh, of Minnesota. But I've, I spent all my growing years on, on the Leech Lake Reservation in Minnesota. So when you were growing up, uh, did you hear anything about God? Uh, Grandma and Grandpa came to Christ through missionaries that came to our reservation. And then that gave my father opportunity to be exposed to the gospel in his generation. We were raised around the things of the Lord. And so, you know, that uh, to me is a tremendous blessing in my life to have been exposed to the gospel all the way from childhood. When did you accept the Lord? I met the Lord in Canada. Hallelujah. <laughs> we were at an Indian Bible camp along the Assiniboine River, just south of Winnipeg, Manitoba. And uh, the preacher was a dear friend of ours, uh, passed on with the Lord now, Tom Claus. And uh, he, I never forget that, that night he was speaking about God's amazing grace. I was 13 years old. Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. And I went on my knees before the Lord. And I, as a 13-year-old, I surrendered my life to Christ. As a teenager, I wondered how was that walk, how was, how was that walking with the Lord? Well, um, I know uh, statistics, especially in our First Nations communities, is uh, whenever a young person comes to faith in Christ, those are some of the most challenging days. And it's oftentimes in our teen years when, if we've had a spiritual experience with the Lord, uh, something happens and we, we, we go bad. And that, uh, that breaks my heart. I see it many times. But there is, a, there is, I think, one of the keys that helped me through my teen years happened to me way before my teen years. And that was an experience I had as a little, probably about five, six-year-old boy. Uh, I had an old Norwegian widow lady who was my Sunday school teacher. Her name was Clara Harlan. And uh, she, was, uh, she was tough. And uh, I'll never forget, you know, we had this old musty basement of a in, in our church. 
the, the Alliance Church in Cass Lake, Minnesota. And down in the basement was where Sunday school class was, and Clara was my teacher as a five-year-old. And all we wanted to do was get out of there and go play in the mud and get all dirty before church, you know, after Sunday school. And we kept waiting for that bell to ring to get us out of there. And one, one Sunday morning, that bell rang. And um, uh, we tore out of there as little kids. You know how you scamper out. And, but these hands grabbed me and spun me around and put me up against the center support beam in that musty old basement. I, I thought one of my... Somebody, one of the older kids was going to punch me in the face or beat me up. And I opened my eyes and looked, and there was Clara Harlan holding me up like this. <clears throat> and she said, Craig Smith, God has laid you on my heart. And she said, I'm committing to pray for you every day I live. And she let me go. I dropped down and I tore out of there, went and played in the mud. And, you know, as, as a little kid, I, I wanted to get out of her Sunday school class. I couldn't wait for promotion Sunday, you know, so I could go and get someone else. Because she was kind of this old, grumpy, not grumpy, but old lady. I thought, you know, there are some people you think are old. They're just born old. <laughs> that was Clara Harlan. She's always, she was always old. And, and, uh, but yet, uh, throughout my growing years, she'd tap me on the shoulder in church. I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. My wife and I, when we got married, she comes through the reception line, gives me a big hug and kiss, and, and, and she says, now I'm really praying for you. <laughs> Years later, we come home from a music tour. Our family was in gospel music during those days, and pastor told us Clara was on her deathbed. She was home with home nursing, and they didn't even know if she'd make it through that day. We went, LaDonna and I went to see her. She curled up in a fetal position in her little room, a little blanket over her, and I put my hand on her shoulder, and all I felt was bone. She had whittled away to nothing. She was very old at that time. I leaned down, I said, Clara, it's Craig and LaDonna. We've just come to see you. We hear you're not doing well. And she could, her eyes kind of fluttered, she opened. She was so weak, she couldn't even speak. I had to lean down and hear her whisper in my ear. And the only thing she had the strength to tell me was this, she said, I prayed for you today, I prayed for you. That night, Clara Harlan went home to be with the Lord. Here I was, a five-year-old child. God laid me on her heart to pray. And how did I survive my teen years? I look back and I see how God spared me from all the garbage and all the junk. And I come to the realization, we as, as believers in Christ, we need each other to stand together in prayer and support. Where are the Clara Harlans today? Is there a Clara Harlan in, in your community? Is there a Clara Harlan in your church? You've got young people coming to faith in Christ. Let me tell you something. There's nothing more powerful than the power of prayer. And I attribute my getting through those awkward, painful, oftentimes crash and burn years. I attribute my getting through all that unscathed because of the prayers of a godly woman. 
Brought it the armies of the Lord Picked up and dusted off their swords Found to set their captives free And not let Satan have one more But if the church for heaven's sake Finally stepped up to the plate The Duke of stand upon God's promise Thorn hell's rusty gate What if these people prayed And those who bear His name Would only seek His face Yeah And turn from their own ways What would happen if we prayed Would they raised up to lead the way Maybe kids in school could pray And unborn children see light of day What if the life that we pursue Came from a hunger for the truth What if the family changed Jesus Stop asking Oprah what to do What if these people prayed And those who bear His name would only seek His face, yeah And turn from their own ways If only we would pray, yeah You mentioned your wife And I'd like you to share a little bit about that I shared earlier, music has been a part of our, our family's ministry for generations Started with my grandparents and my dad and his sister when they were um, traveling out into the communities around and the the, camp, the seasonal camps of our tribe and they would go and sing the original Smith Family Quartet. And so music started with my grandparents and my dad and his sister. And then when we began to be raised as uh, young boys in our, in our family, I remember one day dad brought home a bass guitar and amp and, and uh, an, another guitar. My dad was a wonderful piano player. <clears throat> and so several of my siblings, several of my siblings uh, brought up, uh, uh, got those, picked up those guitars and they then began to uh, play them. They all learned, they all learned by uh, uh, self-taught. And then we started singing around the piano and, and pretty soon we're singing in church. Then all of a sudden, Somebody asked us to come sing at another event, and then it goes on from there, and, and it built to where we've been, we've, we've, we've visited over a dozen countries with the ministry of music and preaching. And it all started just as, uh, with that generation. And so music has been a part of our, our family ministry and heritage for, for several generations, now even with our children and beyond. And uh, I, I thank God that the Lord brought to me uh, what I believe is the most amazing wife and ministry partner uh, in my, my wife LaDonna. She was, she's a Navajo from down in the Southwest, America Southwest, but she was born in the very same hospital I was born in because her daddy was attending an Indian Bible college, a Bible school in our community in northern Minnesota, the Mocom Indian Bible School, and at that time he was a student there and, and married and they had LaDonna, so we were born in the same community. And then they went on to South Dakota to work among the Sioux. And then uh, her daddy, Herman Williams, came back to the 
Bible school to become the principal. And, and I, I remember as uh, about grade five or six, uh, seeing this pretty cute little girl running around. And uh, I was, I was uh, uh, we're 10 months apart, and she came into, she, she got to the hospital 10 months before I did, let me put it that way. And um, so I was in a grade bef behind her. And of course, you know, you get into, into junior high and stuff, ooh, those, those, that, those younger guys, forget about it, you know, so I, uh, but I remember one time um, standing on the porch of our old school building and seeing LaDonna getting on the school bus. And I'll never forget this, that as I saw her walking onto that, getting on that bus, I said, Lord, one day I would like to marry her. Would you, would you let that happen? You know what the Lord did? <clears throat> Shortly after that prayer, <laughs> they moved away. <laughs> and they went away, way down to Arizona. And I know she'll share some of that story as well, but, uh, um, you know, bye-bye, bye-bye, LaDonna. But in God's sovereignty over the years, He kept us, preserved us, and brought us together. She came to join our music team for a year. And uh, 40 years later, she hasn't left. Today has brought back so many memories Of the good things we have known along life's road Thank you, Lord, for the partner that you gave me Days of sun and laughter They have left their precious memories so dear But also for hard times that drew us closer And through all we always knew that you were near given for each other it has grown so much deeper on the way as we look back now we know it's just as special as it was to us on our wedding day and LaDonna Oh, maybe you could share a little bit where you grew up and where you're from. Okay, well, to, to uh, begin the story, I need to tell you that my dad is a full-blooded Navajo from Chinle, Arizona. He left that area as a young man and uh, ended up meeting my mother, a little ranch gal, up oh. in uh, the flat plains of Montana. Oh. And uh, that's where he began. Uh, he attended a a, uh, a youth group up there and he was an unbeliever but he worked for a Christian rancher mm -hmm. and fast forward it uh, the Lord um, was really working in his heart through this Christian rancher and uh, he went to a, um, a, a conference and he came to the Lord 
and received a calling to serve the Lord on the same night. Oh, so what, what that was, was something else. Reverend Herman Williams. This is mm. most people know him by his ministry, but Herman Williams and my mother is Fern. Mm. And um, from there, my dad went to Mocha Um Indian Bible School in Cass Lake, oh. Minnesota, and that's also where my husband's family is from, in Cass Lake. And uh, they were in Bible school there. And that's where I was born. So as oh. soon after, uh, they took their first pastorate and went to Fort Thompson, South Dakota, among the, oh. the Sioux. And that's where I spent my first 11 years of my life. And I can say that uh, those years were a mix of, I would say, um, of joy and sorrow. Uh, the joy being uh, that my dad is... He is a very gregarious guy. He, he loved life. He did a lot with us kids for um, hunting and fishing. And uh, of course, you know, we're like a lot of families in ministry mm -hmm. that uh, you had to do whatever you needed to do to make ends meet. Yes. And, and uh, we loved that. We had, uh, worked hard. And my mama was very quiet, hard worker, but we learned uh, how to make things stretch and uh, we're also a musical family too. We took lessons as as children and uh, learned that as well. But uh, a very significant part of my life began when I was five years old. And uh, I went to a wake with my mom and dad and uh, I remember looking over into the casket and was so surprised to see someone about my age and at that time I was five years old and to see a lifeless body of another mm -hmm. child and it really caught me off guard because I had been to wakes where there were older people mm -hmm. and kind of an expectation you know that they're older and and it's t their time to go but what a great opportunity for my parents to uh, take me once I got home and I was deeply troubled and I, I, I think they knew that but they use that opportunity to explain uh, that even as a child, we never know when our time will be up. Only God knows that. And also to further share that God uh, made heaven a place that uh, was made for people. But because of uh, Satan, who uh, tricked the first woman and the man, and sin came into the world, and now, uh, because of the lostness of man, that uh, a Savior was planned to come into the world, it's the Christ. He had planned all along to come and to purchase us back to Himself. And that these two places, God had meant for heaven for people and hell for Satan and the evil spirits that came from there and the fallen angels, and that it was never intended for us to go there, but, but we could choose. So that was really an eye-opener for me, because I, I grew up in the church singing the songs, but n never had I really thought as deeply about it as that day. So I accepted Christ into my heart, and I was five years old. I've never faced a mountain that looks so high I've never seen a river 
that looks so wide. I've never had such a problem that had me asking how, but I know Jesus and He will not fail me now. I know So that began my spiritual journey, but I also remember as a child um, the deep, um, the spiritual darkness mm -hmm. all around. Even as a child, I could oh. I could sense it in the area, mm -hmm. and uh, but my dad and mom uh, helped uh, we kids with. Um, uh, we learned young what spiritual battle was, yeah. what it looked like, mm -hmm. um, and how to pray, how to pray against it, and that the Lord would protect us. So that was a, that I, I was very, very grateful to my mom and dad for. So when I turned um, around 11 years old, the Lord called my dad and mom back oh. to Mocha'am, back oh. to the Ojibwe, back oh. to uh, my, my future husband's area, his family, and back to the Bible school that he graduated from. So um, that was a neat experience because I love the woodlands. I love the lakes and the woods, and of course we love the hunting and the fishing. And But it also put me on a journey uh, starting to become a little bit rebellious. You know, um, and I think a lot of that had to do with some things that had happened to me, oh. as happens to a lot of, of uh, Native kids, mm -hmm. where uh, there's some abuse that happens. Yeah. Um, and that sometimes can happen in ministry when you have a lot of people coming and going. And my parents never knew about that. Oh. They never knew. But I kept it as a secret. And as a young teenager, just getting more angrier, frustrated, and... Uh, I found myself um, knowing, going to church and knowing the Word of God, uh, knowing what it said, but also I, I believe that the anger that I was experiencing um, shadowed my relationship rather than highlighted the, the, the joy and the peace that the Lord gives. So I had a few years of being troubled up and down, and you know, I. Uh, my dad and mom served there at Mocha'am for a number of years, and then my dad was called back to our people among the Navajo, oh. down in a very isolated area, um, uh, Four Corners area, Navajo Mountain Mission. Oh. And there, um, 
100% people speak Navajo. Of course, I grew up oh. among the Sioux and the Ojibwe, so mm -hmm. that was really different for me. And in fact, my dad, having been gone for so long, he too had forgotten the language. So if God was calling him there, he was asking God, uh, you need to give me the language back. So, and the Lord did eventually. But it was quite isolated because the kids, we had to go away to school and uh, board out. And we, uh, there were, by that time, there were four kids in the family. I'm the only, da uh, only daughter, second born. And my older brother and I are very, very close. And the next younger, four years, and the next younger, ten years younger than me. So, um, but the Lord had His hand on me in all those years. I mean, even though, uh, as God's kids, that we can want to go away from Him, or have the enemy convince us that uh, through pain and unforgiveness, really, working through those things, that uh, He wants to ruin our lives. He wants to ruin all of our lives. But I was so thankful that the Lord had His careful hand and watch over me. And time and time again, the scripture of God's Word would come back to me. So I knew, I knew where I belonged. And uh, so um, by this time, I had been living an up and down Christian life, not very victorious, but knowing what I should do. But when um, I went away to my first year of college, uh, by that time, I was very troubled and tired, tired yes. with just knowing what God could give me and what I was not experiencing. And um, it was at that time that I contemplated even taking my life. And here I am, a Christian kid, um, raised in a Christian family, and um, I remember going back to my dorm room and saying, God, there's got to be something more than this. I know I'm not what I should be. You said you came to give life and give it abundantly. And I'm not experiencing that. My life is joyful. I loved life. And then there'll be times, these ups and downs in life. And there's just got to be more. And if there's not, I think I, this, I just want it to be done with. And I remember falling on my knees in that dorm room and crying my heart out mm -hmm. and saying, God, I need to hear from you. I really hear, need to hear from you. And the Lord answered my prayer. He did. He gave me, and I, and I know this is a familiar verse these days, found in Jeremiah 29, 11, 12, and 13. For I know my mm -hmm. thoughts that I think toward you, thoughts of peace and not evil. But when you come to me and you search for me with all your heart, that's when I'm going to hear you. And you know, that's, I knew that that was it because I was always holding back. There was unforgiveness and uh, there was a lot of things in my life swirling around that gave me an excuse to not understand and, and want to follow in God's ways. Doubts assail me, but God won't break His vow and I I believe in Jesus, and He will not fail me now. I know He will not fail me now. There are some things He will not allow.
there's hope for me and I'll hang on somehow he's fail me now oh yes I 